Hi, welcome to Hey It Gets Better, the podcast where people share the ups and downs of their lives and how ultimately it does get better. I'm your host, Casey Watson, and today I'm joined by Rachel Martin. Rachel is the director of StriveX, which is an accountancy practice, and she's also the founder of Accountant She, which is an online community of accountants that is just incredible. Today, Rachel shares her experience living with an invisible disability and also some advice about flexible goals. It's a brilliant episode and I hope you get a lot from it. Welcome to Hey Gets Better. Thank you for joining me today. Hello, thank you so much for having me. No, anytime. So I think we're just going to jump right in with it. Um, And, you know, what is your Hey It Gets Better story? And it's a big question, so take your time. (laughs) It's a big, broad question. Um, Yeah, so hi, everybody. My name is Rachel, and I normally say I'm a speaker, an author, a business owner, but most importantly for today, I'm an accountant. But I guess... My most importantly for today is that I'm a real person who runs a business and I'm a real person outside of work and I'm constantly trying to achieve work-life rhythm and the reason I love this podcast and I love you so much is that it does get better and I think the only way that we can ever inspire or give hope to people who feel like it won't is by talking about the fact that you can be a young, successful, passionate business owner who at one point in their life thought that it wouldn't get better. Um, I am an accountant. I have had an absolutely crazy two years. So the last two years of my life have involved scaling a business from a one-man band with 50 clients to a team of 10 with nearly 500. And so that has been a huge, huge journey. Um, As an accountant, Actually, one of the big lows in terms of my mental health journey was sitting my accountancy exams. And it's something that I'm hugely passionate about, like talking about and speaking about really openly because we so often only share success and so often only share the exams that we pass and not the exams that we fail. And so when you are constantly comparing your real life to somebody's highlight reel, which is actually just the stuff they post on LinkedIn or Instagram or your college peers who have a different home life and personal life to you it's really really hard and so yeah just encouraging people in a professional capacity to speak about who they are outside of work is really important to me too um obviously growing the business has come with it many many challenges in terms of being an employer being a person who has relationships outside of work as well is very sometimes difficult because the business becomes your baby and so i guess for me my hey gets better story is taking everything that sort of happened and that I've learned along the way and just trying to embrace that and turn it into how I can like pass that on to other people. So the reason the accountancy platform exists is because it didn't exist when I needed it. And I try and sort of take that ethos with me into every part of my life. So when I decided to be an accountant, everybody in the industry that I could see was stale, pale and male. And actually they didn't look or feel like me. There was nobody that I could look up to or point at and say like you, like this is what I want to do. And so my passion comes from trying to build something that I needed that didn't exist. And yeah, I firmly believe that if it doesn't exist when you needed it, you should not only build it, but like hold a door open for people that come after you. Like there's no need to compete with each other in these industries 
actually real life is about collaboration, support, inspiring other young people into doing exactly the same things that you did. And so Accountant She as a platform has mental health and like really understanding who you are in a, in a professional world as a part of that, because actually when you do a serious job, you don't have to take yourself so seriously. And actually like accountancy is probably like the poster child for having a very serious job. And it's so important to me that I breathe life into it that actually young women might consider a career in the STEM subjects um, and to really sort of inject personality and passion into it because I guess I'm proof that that goes pretty well too. It re- you really are and I am constantly in awe, as you know, of everything you do and I just think you're incredible. Um, so one, there's like so, there is so much we can discuss in this podcast um, and I just thought um, maybe we could talk through because you have gone through some really tough things over the past two years as well as really like you've done really incredible things with the business but you've also had some really hard obstacles to overcome and particularly in regards to your hearing and I wonder if you could share that story with us yeah of course so I it's actually very bizarre and it's it's something that I feel like I'll probably be reflecting on for a really really long time like as an adult is that during the time I've had this really, really almost wild success, and it's not wild, it's not overnight, like I've worked really hard, uh, I'm not lucky, or if I am, it's convenient that the harder I work, the luckier I am. But I've had this like wild success in my professional life at the same time as like having and experiencing really quite deeply traumatic things in my personal life. And so it's quite hard that yeah, people just comment on how amazing your life is and what's happening and all of these tangible things that they can see. And like, that's all they focus on. And and sometimes it feels like you're lying or that you're an imposter and that you're not like selling yourself for what you really are because you're going through something really traumatic in the background. And so it's June 22 when we're recording this. And in September of 2021, so it hasn't even been a year yet. In September of 2021, I underwent a um, optional... Um, Sorry, I underwent an optional operation for elective. That's the word I'm looking for. Sorry, everybody. Uh, I underwent an elective surgery to improve my hearing. So I have some hereditary hearing loss that gets worse in your 20s and actually means that if you ever get pregnant and decide to have a baby, the hormone imbalance you experience so rapidly actually causes you to lose nearly all of your hearing. So the hormone changes that you go through anyway in your 20s causes it to gradually decrease and then pregnancy would cause you to lose all of your hearing. Having a family is hugely important to me and was a huge driving force towards me electing to have the surgery. And so, yeah, in September last year, I had the surgery with the view that it would improve my hearing. I didn't have particularly bad hearing before. I had around 70% in each ear. Uh, Katie knew me before. And I could like function, maintain normal levels. Lots of people have 70% hearing and don't even know that they don't have 100%. So I did struggle sometimes, but it didn't impact my day-to-day life. And yeah, like the motivations for choosing to have the surgery were like my long-term plans for my personal life. And so I elected to have the surgery and yeah, basically a, a sort of very, very straightforward procedure went really, really badly wrong. And I lost all of my hearing in one ear, so I have a completely dead ear. And then in the ear that I do have hearing in, I started after the operation, I think, with about 18%, so one eight. It's now down to about 10. And I'm sort of at the point where I'm about to lose, like, actually hearing people's speech now, which is quite difficult. So 
I've worked really hard to like me and my fiance are learning to sign to each other. I, for sessions like this, just in case you're thinking, how the hell is she being interviewed on a podcast? <laughs> uh, I use subtitles on my computer wherever I can, uh, which are amazing and technology has been an, you know, a way that has enabled me to continue doing the job that I love with people that I love in a way that I love. Um, but it's been crazy. It's There's been times, there are very few things that happen to you in life that are certain. Normally it's death and taxes. Um, but actually knowing that your hearing will never come back, like that is, that's 100% certain to me. And that's a very difficult thing to get your head around, to get your head around something that, was supposed to massively improve your quality of life, give you sort of huge excitement about having children in the future and like security to know that you'll know what that looks like was really important. And I sort of have to like grieve for the fact that like, I don't know what being a mum looks like anymore. I don't know what running this business will look like in the future. Um, But again, as with anything, I try and take what's happened and, and try and drive that into making it better for the future. And so I've been collaborating with companies like the charities like the national deaf children's society to show them if you are deaf what jobs you can do um and i there are few deaf business owners because within the professional side of being self-employed there are very few people that you can communicate with and so like long-term learning bsl in order to be able to provide accountancy services for hard of hearing or deaf business owners is really important to me um but yeah like be under no illusion like it's been really really difficult and to have like such success and growth within my professional life and then at the same time to be experiencing this has been like really difficult to reconcile because you feel like you're lying you feel like Mm. you are lying to people like you're lying to the audience that you are like putting things out to um because from an outside perspective you would look at my content or social media and think absolutely nothing has changed and in reality every literally every part of my life from not being able to answer the door to a postman or like waiting in all day for a parcel and missing the doorbell all the way through to how my relationships work or how I build connections or like how I use my phone (laughs) has changed like every part of my life has changed but if you looked at the outside it would look like nothing's changed at all I just think that I mean you're a test you're just incredible you're just an incredible person because you've gone through all of this and um for the listeners um Rachel I met Rachel when she became my accountant and we've become very very close friends you're (laughs) like one of my best friends and like to uh, like having been with you while you've gone through all of this um I'm just constantly in awe of how you've managed to just stay afloat and I think as well it's really true like you know you don't you are a case in point of you don't actually know what someone's going through and you don't know what what someone's story is and from like hearing your story not only does it just kind of amplify how amazing you are having gone through but I think it really reflects on your character as well how you you can't you do take stuff that has happened and you use it to drive yourself and to make the world better and I think this is why um kind of you know you are one of the best people I know in the world because you you take things that aren't particularly great and you you make it you you make it better yourself and I think you're really um a good example of how you know hard work hard work hard work and dedication and commitment to a cause like if you 
follow through, you can really get somewhere magical and do some amazing things. I think it comes back to that point of like certainty. Like at the beginning, I sort of wallowed in, it will be like this for the rest of my life. And then actually sort of day by day, it turned into, I will be like this for the rest of my life. And so I have a choice. I can either feel like this for the rest of my life whilst my ears don't work. Or I can accept that it will be like this for the rest of my life and like just carry on. Like just keep building something tangible that actually it doesn't matter what happens to my hearing in the future. Like it gives me choices, it serves my family, it's creating something, it's creating change, it's it's creating a safe place for young people on the internet. Uh, and it, it's creating somewhere that like people feel free to be their accountant nerdy self and know that we love them. And yeah, I the same sentence just said differently can change your whole life. Like it will be like this forever. Yes. But also like, it will be like this forever. Once you sort of work out what your life is like, that can give you certainty in, in other ways. And so it's hard, you know, it obviously is really hard. And I, I think it, when I like do a lot of research now on sort of like invisible illnesses and disabilities that people can't see and touch and like literally because I grew up with hearing, I don't talk like a deaf person. I don't sound like a deaf person. Other than the fact that I wear like ginormous bloody hearing aids and people are like, wow, that's bigger than her head. Um, people can't see or feel or touch or interpret the fact that I'm deaf. And so I either have a responsibility to tell them and communicate my needs or actually just internalize it and, you know, be treat treated like a normal person without a disability. And sometimes I prefer one and sometimes I prefer the other. But learning to communicate my needs is something that was quite difficult because it's not something that I've ever really sort of seen other people do and say like, hey, I'm really sorry, I'm deaf. Can I just sit opposite you so I can lip read? Um, communicating needs is the first thing that I had to learn how to do. And then also, yeah, just like working out what the world looks like, understanding that like whilst having an invisible disability is hard it also gives you the opportunity to choose how you're treated because I can either communicate it and get people to accommodate me or actually if I'm having a really good day and I feel really confident like I don't actually have to disclose the fact that I am deaf and most people find out afterwards and they're like what <laughs> your brain's working so hard compared to mine and like it's okay it's okay and that gives me a choice but invisible disabilities are, are so hard because they're in your head and so depending on how like strong you're feeling in your head dictates really your whole day because if you're having a day where you can take on the world like communicating your needs is, is quite easy and it's something that you're used to and you, you can have like pre-formatted sentences that you say to people to communicate your needs mm. which make sure that when you are communicating your needs you're not having to think about it every time you can just copy and paste say that sentence communicate what people can do to accommodate you and say thank you for doing it but actually because it's in your head if you're having a really bad day like it makes it so much harder. Yeah. Whereas if I was wearing a cast on my arm because I broke my arm, it would be quite easy for people to accommodate me. And I wouldn't rely on how I feel on the inside to communicate the fact that I'd hurt my arm and I probably can't write as well as everybody else. And that, you know, I might need to take breaks or when something's inside you, you are the only person that's responsible for communicating that. And that's quite a difficult responsibility to have when no one teaches you. Like no one teaches you how to have a, have a disability that you've never had before like literally overnight yeah I think I and you you know you're doing an amazing job with it and I just this conversation reminded me of um you ran Tough Mudder 
um <laughs> and like I know that was something you were quite you were quite concerned about um running it you know without your hearing aid and you did it you did it you were an absolute champion and I think you this is where you know you are quite inspirational Rachel um because you do amazing things like this and you just show that you know if you've got an invisible um disability um even if you have got um mental health um and your mental health's quite bad like you you're just an example of that it does get better which is why you're a great guest for the podcast yeah 100 <laughs> good segue <laughs> yeah um and then I guess I'd really like to talk to you as well about how the like the way you deal with I think deal with is probably the wrong terms but how do you get through those times where things are quite low because like you said you know you sometimes will wake up and feel like you can take on the world Sometimes you feel you wake up and actually just getting out of bed is actually a victory. Um, and how do so how do you kind of navigate that that? Yeah, hundred percent. I think one of the biggest things I ever learned in my life was to have flexible goals. So you can set yourself long term, medium term and short term goals that actually are flexible with how you feel on the day. And this is a concept that like absolutely blew my mind because I'm a bit of an all or nothing. Like I have to run a 5K without stopping, otherwise I've failed. And like, even if I run the same distance, but I have to stop twice, it's a failure. Whereas actually that's a perfect example of like a flexible goal is if I'm feeling really, really good and I'm having like a green traffic light light day, I would try and run a 5K without stopping. If I'm having like an amber traffic light day and like I, I'm I'm struggling a little bit, like maybe I had a Domino's the night before, like not feeling my best. Doing the 5K, but giving myself permission to stop is a good flexed target. If I'm having a red day where I just do not feel good at all, actually like just putting my gym kit on and leaving the house, even if I just walk around the block a couple of times, is still me contributing to that long-term goal. And so even things like housework, If you're having a green day, you might want to take the laundry basket, sort out colours and whites, take it downstairs, pick up everything off the floor and sort it into colours and whites, fold last week's laundry, put it away, put a new load on and then hang it up. You have completed laundry. If you're having an amber day, it could be actually, I'm just going to pick up everything off the floor, sort it out and then put it somewhere for later when I'm feeling better and I have some time, I'll, I'll do that later. And then a red day would be like, just pick your socks up off the floor. Like that is you contributing to like wanting a nice tidy house and wanting clean laundry. You're still doing things, but like you don't have to complete every task at 100% all the time just to like give yourself that emotional pat on the back that you've done a good job. And so like through this process, I've had to sort of lower and like be kinder to myself in terms of expectations. And that applies to work and personal life. So like I have flex targets in every aspect of my life. Work is very easy because they're all measurable, achievable goals that I can scale up and down so that I know if I'm absolutely smashing it, my inbox should be empty by by 8am. All of the calls I have, I do at 100% capacity. I keep amazing notes. I save things for later. I'm actioning stuff. I'm delegating. I'm keeping on top of the 150 emails that I receive throughout the day. And every single client that I, that I touched in that day is happy. If I'm having an amber day, it looks different. If, I, if I'm having a red day, just turning my computer on and just seeing what's going on, making sure no one's died is is enough. And like, that's okay. 
But I think so often, like specifically within the schooling system, we're taught like pass, fail, yes, no, like it's black and it's white. And actually that doesn't give us room to be human. And I am an ISTJ personality type. So I like specific measurable goals that I like put on myself. And that's how I make myself work really, really hard. Like I'm a very, very stereotypical accountant. And so like learning how to do that, like literally learning to be kind to myself is not something that came naturally to me, but it's something that like I would definitely say is probably from a mental health perspective, like saved my life on like numerous occasions in terms of like just being kind to yourself and saying like, you don't have to do like a full Molly Mae skincare routine every day. Like sometimes just brushing your bloody teeth is enough. Like that's okay. And if that's all you can do that day, like you're still contributing to the fact that long-term you want to be a well and happy person with nice teeth. (laughs) I love that. And I think this is something that's really coming across in the conversations I'm having with this podcast is that it's so important to be flexible and to be kind to yourself. Um, And I definitely think within the wellness space, there is this sort of, I approach it like I want to do it perfectly. I want to do the meditation. I want to make sure I do it every like exercise every day. I like just want to eat healthy, clean, like journal every night, gratitude list. Like there's so much to do um, and that it can actually become quite toxic that especially, you know, when I think. Not 100%. Yeah, when you combine it with the like, school system and kind of just how we're um, ha- like our person like personalities as well. Like my personality is very much like I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> um, I am a perfectionist, um, and I think that like when you have that flexible approach to life, like it gets so much better, and it's easier to be kind to yourself when you're flex more flexible. I also think this yeah, 100%. is 100% it's not pass or fail it, it's like what can I do today that is being kind to myself and you see it in every aspect of your life that whole thing that we've been taught that it's either done or not done and like even things like work-life balance it that phrase makes it sound like that's something we can achieve whereas like have you ever met anybody that's achieved it no and that's because it doesn't exist and like even challenging phrases like that like work-life balance makes it look like something that you complete that you can tick it off and be like yes I have done that I've completed work-life balance no and like reframe it and say it in a way that makes it sound achievable so for me it's work-life rhythm which means that some days there'll be no balance I will be so far on this seesaw one way that like actually you know if I've eaten and brushed my teeth that's balance for me because it means I've looked after myself whilst working a 16 hour day other days you know the reason that we all become self-employed is so that we can you know take a friday off or if the sun's out work outside and it is the rhythm then goes in the other way and the seesaw flips the other way and so like challenging concepts like work-life balance to make sure that we all actually are very very aware that it's not something that you can tick off your to-do list as completed and done and viewing it as rhythm and making sure that actually, you know, if I've had a couple of red days in terms of work-life balance, I reward myself and make sure that, like, I either owe myself a green or three ambers in terms of work-life balance and, and trying to build that rhythm into my life. And that works for every part of your life. And, like, it's okay, actually, as well, and this is something that I try and constantly challenge. It's okay if you don't want work-life balance. Like, work-life balance and, like, managing and navigating the two is generally, you're generally asked that question by people who dislike one part of their life, either work or personal life. 
I love both of mine and I have this amazing privilege that I get to run the business with the person I love and so we are life partners and business partners and this business is my first child (laughs) and I have been able to pour every single part of myself into it and so for me there's very few differences between my work life and my personal life but don't be afraid to like push back like if you're asked a question that feels uncomfortable or feels like something you can't achieve like really try and understand the motivation behind the person that's asking you because quite often people will ask you about work-life balance because actually they don't like one part of that in themselves whereas actually if that person's asking you do you have work-life balance because they're they're your friend and they're worried about you like that's okay too but like challenge the concept challenge the framing of the, the sentence and also challenge who is it that's asking me too that's really like that's a really good way of looking at things and it kind of brings to mind like another comment we've had a similar conversation about this not just perspective of work-life balance but in perspective of um drinking and being sober because obviously you are teetotal um and I do mindful drinking um so it's a bit like this is one of those questions and um, we've had this conversation before where you know if someone asks you like why are you not drinking sometimes it's more of a reflection of them than it is on you but it still can be quite an intimidating conversation to have especially you know if you've go to your first event ever and you've not you're not drinking it's and I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about you know how you navigate not drinking um as an accountant and going to like industry events and things for sure so there's a couple of different things that are really important and I think for me like naming it was really important to me so like I refer to myself as sober and for me I've never been very good with peer pressure like I'm quite susceptible to it I'm a bit gullible and so like I've always really struggled with like how to manage peer pressure and like the culture around drinking and peer pressure is very very difficult to navigate Uh, especially when it's people that you know and that you love and that you want to spend time with that are trying to sort of like peer pressure you and like bully you into having a drink and so for me I refer to myself as sober because if somebody says do you want a drink and you say no I'm sober no one tries to convince you because they're like oh gosh she might be an alcoholic I'm not offering her a drink whereas actually for me sober puts boundaries in place I have never said I'm sober and somebody's tried to convince me to have a drink that if somebody asked, offered me a drink and I said oh no I don't really drink that sort of like opens that that's a comma not a full stop whereas mm. for me the word sober is a full stop and it just means I'm not having conversations that I don't want to so that was the first thing was just making like having a real look at like what I felt comfortable with what wording felt good for me and like what label I wanted to put on it for myself so that hugely helped me to put boundaries in place um and then, yeah, so navigating the world of like running a business, networking. I do a lot of speaking events. I'm like hugely privileged to be invited to speak at some really, really cool places with really cool after parties where like big brands sponsor the drink. So it's completely unlimited drinks for like up to seven hours after an event finishes. So it will go on from five till midnight and it's mental. And so for me, my way of dealing with that is just not going. <laughs> I have this theory that I have ducked out of so many networking events and so many after parties and so many things and I literally don't think one person has ever noticed that I was or wasn't there. I did a webinar last week which was a week after an event that I was at and somebody said to me oh were you at the drinks because they got so drunk they couldn't even remember if I was there and so my theory was proved that actually as long as they're there and they're having a great time as much as it's really easy to convince yourself that the world revolves around you and that everybody will notice that you're not there, 
in reality they don't and they won't and it doesn't and actually that makes me feel a lot better like i don't have fomo i'd much rather be at home in comfy clothes with my dog and like that for me is success and i think nobody is saying yes to everything like nobody's going to the after party and getting up at five o'clock in the morning to clear their inbox and get all the work done i say no to one so that i can do the other and some people say yes to one so they can do the other and like just having that perception and having the peace of mind to be like yeah i prioritize being able to get up at five to grow a business with the person i love for the future that i want that's okay too but boundaries 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 we love them we love them so much and they're so important and the thing is as well and it comes in you know you need to be kind to yourself you need to have boundaries you need to be flexible with your boundaries because sometimes you know you um like (laughs) sounds bad um but it's saying like I always find that if I'm flexible with them I can I can base them on what I want because sometimes what you want changes as well and this is something I've learned a lot um is that like what you want in life will change if you experience new things and stuff and that's where like being flexible it just is so important and I um I think you know you can be like look this is the path I'm on I'm going to stick on this path and it can actually not be what you actually want and it's and that's yeah be flexible it's so it's so important (laughs) I'm so Rachel just for the last question is um what would you say to someone right now who they're maybe going through something or they've just had a string of red days and they just don't feel like it's going to get better? What would you say to them? I think firstly, yeah, like take what I said about deafness and apply it to yourself. Like people can't see that you feel like that. People can't accommodate you and learning to communicate your needs is probably one of the most difficult things you'll ever do but it's hugely important to like being able to lean on people boundaries come into every aspect of your life whether it's asking for help asking for support saying no to stuff you don't want to do like boundaries touch everything and so start small um only say yes to stuff someone someone i don't know who it was somebody told me never say yes to doing something if you wouldn't do it in 10 minutes time So if somebody invites you out to a networking event that you have to get up really early to go, it's breakfast, it's full of middle-aged white men that you're just not your kind of people. It's very easy to be like, yeah, because it doesn't impact you right now. Like that's future Rachel's problem, not right now Rachel's problem. And anything you're invited to, any question somebody asks you, close your eyes and think, would I say yes to this if this was in 10 minutes time? If the answer is no, say no to it. My second tip is people are so much more open to boundaries, flexibility, changes in plans, people being transparent about how they feel than you think they will be. Like the world is black and white in your head when you're struggling. You feel like if you ask for help, it's either a yes or a no. Or if it's a, can I reschedule this meeting? I'm not sort of in the right headspace to have this right now, that it's yes or no. And like people are kind, like people are kind, people are compassionate the the most amazing part of our lives is that we get to choose the people that are a part of it and like people will accommodate you they will listen to you and like by by nature by default they'll be kind 
um and yeah fle- flexible flexible goals like when you are struggling with your mental health when you're struggling with stuff it, it's so easy to say like i didn't do all of my laundry today therefore i have failed pick your socks off the floor and brush your teeth you're not a failure you're still contributing to the person that you want to be tomorrow and you're still investing in that person and just because you haven't completed it it doesn't mean that you haven't done it like as an accountant i can tell you with certainty that one times a hundred still makes 100 it doesn't happen overnight it's not like it, it's 100 little steps not one huge jump and if you are consuming content that makes you feel like it is go through your followers list on on instagram and change it because it's wrong thank you so much for listening to today's episode i really hope you enjoyed it please share the podcast with your friends if you enjoyed it And if you can, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I hope you have an amazing week. And remember, hey, it gets better.